Friday, March 13th, 2020, approximately 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's been another crazy day vis-a-vis the coronavirus. I had an opportunity to sit down with my friend Trevor Blake and talk about how this rising pandemic has affected him, his livelihood, and some wise words from his mother that he may or may not have heeded. So, hope you're staying safe. Hope you're socially distancing. And I hope you're enjoying this podcast. Hi, this is CK Sweat with Corona Convos Volume 2. I'm here with my friend Trevor Blake. He's had an interesting week. Trevor, can you tell us about your journey from Monday to today, which is Friday? Well, on Monday, CK, first of all, it's, it's great to be on the pod. Thank you for having me. You are a welcome guest, my friend. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you opening up your home here in Brooklyn so that we can have this conversation. On Monday, I was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And I was spending time with my girlfriend, Mary-Kate Morrissey, who is on tour with a Broadway touring company. And they're currently in Fort Lauderdale. But crazy, crazy developments on that front in the last few hours. That's where I was on Monday. And now I'm sitting in a studio apartment in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And, and, you know, quick question. uh, Why aren't you at work? Are you at uh, work from home? uh, Or is there something else that's going on? Well, that's another thing that happened between Monday and Friday this week is that I quit my job on Tuesday, which is also the same day that my prior firm... Well, so I should, I should clarify, I didn't quit my job on Tuesday. That was the last day of my notice period. So I left my job on Tuesday. And, and incidentally, that afternoon, I think about two or three o'clock that afternoon. On your last day of on work. On my last day of work, and Tuesday. How, and how long had you been at that firm for? Three years. Almost exactly three years. Three years and about 10 days at that point in time. And at about two or three p.m. that afternoon, an email went out from the office leader that said that they were encouraging all employees. And I think that 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 phrasing is really key, especially in jobs like financial services, where showing FaceTime is oftentimes a big deal. Showing FaceTime in the office is a big deal. That that language, we are encouraging our employees. They're not making it an option, which is that difference between option and encourage, I guess, is, is pretty critical but they're encouraging all employees to work from home. And I know that's, that's common across financial services firms now, but it was pretty wild. I'm sitting there, I'm sending emails. As I'm sending emails saying, hey, it's been great working with you. This is my last day at Duff and Phelps. We get that email in the inbox that says, all employees are encouraged to work from home. So it was pretty wild. It was pretty wild sitting there at my desk. And that's so, what's going on. And so you wake up I guess, was that Wednesday morning was your first day no longer being fully employed? Or was it Thursday? Wednesday morning. You wake up Wednesday Wednesday morning and you walk out into a <laughs> corona world. So what did you do with your time? Were, were, you, were, were you feeling like you should be quarantined? Uh, yeah, how, how did you approach, you weren't even working from home, you were on gardening leave from home. 
Exactly. I was, I'm, I'm between, between jobs. Between, between jobs. First of all, Corona World makes me think of Waterworld, starring Kevin Costner. The fantastic, fantastic film. And so anytime, anytime I'm reminded of that little piece of cinema, I appreciate it. Thank you, CK. So I walked out into the Corona World, and I live on the Upper West Side, which if you've ever wanted to escape from normal, everyday New York City life, I highly encourage you to move to the Upper West Side. It is the quietest neighborhood on Manhattan. And so I walk out onto the street, and, and at this point, given that I'm so plugged into the markets, or I, or I was in my prior job, so plugged into the markets and, and on the phone constantly, I think my first day off, I just wanted to unplug. That ended up not happening. But I just wanted to unplug, and so I woke up and I walked around the corner to the coffee shop. And the great thing is, in New York, nobody's really talking to each other. So if you don't want to learn anything about what's going on, you actually don't have to in New York. Like, you could be in the midst of a pandemic, but because no one talks to each other on the street, because no one so much as makes eye contact with each other, you, I, I made this entire trip out to the coffee shop and back without knowing there was anything crazy going on in the world. So I, I have to stop you for a second. Have you heard of social distancing? I have. So do you think that people were social distancing or do you think that they were just being normal New Yorkers on the Upper West Side? I think New Yorkers have been social distancing for centuries. Interesting. Social distancing for centuries. Does that make us, in your estimation... Certainly decades. Certainly decades. Does that make us, in your estimation, uh, better qualified to handle uh, you know, the aspects of quarantine, of ensuring that this disease isn't spread? I think so. I think so. I definitely think so. And, and I think that, that New York, more than any other place, maybe on the planet, is ready to handle this because New Yorkers are very ready to keep to themselves. Do you think that the counterweight to that position is the fact that we have the most mass transit of anywhere in the U.S., and that mass transit really does pack us like sardines into cars, which makes social distancing considerably more difficult. Definitely, it really, it really does. And I, I, I think I learned something this morning, and I want to, I want to offer this caveat before I throw this piece of information out there, which is that I feel like there's so much coronavirus misinformation that we have to be very, very careful, the kind of information that we, that we spread about this, right? Because I'm, 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 I wouldn't call myself a coronavirus truther. I don't really think, <laughs> I don't really think, I might've been like a couple of weeks ago. I'm definitely not now. But, but I, think, I, I think that the one thing we wanna protect against is sort of undue fear. And, and that is that spreading fear can have a powerful counterproductive impact in a situation like this. I firmly believe that. So that said, that's that's a heck of a prologue to the comments I'm about to make, which what is a good preamble. Thank you. Which is which is that that I heard this morning from my mother who's located in Indiana and I think is very well educated on these types of things. She's she's up to date, you know. She watches the news. And and more more than that does research on these things. But but she said she said that the that they that they believe and I think a lot of things it's crazy. There's so much conjecture about this virus. People don't really know how it behaves. They're hoping the warmer weather comes to sort of wipe it out. But that, but they're not positive that that's what's going to happen. But they they believe that the virus can live airborne for three hours, up to three hours, which is crazy. Which means that social distancing is not just like hey, 
I'm only going to ride the subway here or I'm only going to like stay within my neighborhood. It's like you need to stay within your apartment or something if that's if that's true or you need to be very conscious of when you go out of like wearing a mask and and sort of limiting limiting your your excursions to sort of emergencies I suppose. But again, again, caveat that I threw out before, you know. Go and confirm that piece of information for yourself. But that's an interesting piece of information that you learned from your mother who you love and you trust. I love, yeah, I do love my mom. How has that actually, how has that information affected how you act? In, you, 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 learned, <laughs> you, you learned that information learned, how, how many hours I learned ago? That, I learned that information, CK, before I hopped on the L train out to Williamsburg. So, so <laughs> your mother, who you love, told you about the way that people are suspecting, experts are suspecting that this virus lives in clouds of vapor or just in the air. Yeah. And and did you ignore her advice? Did you lean into her advice? How how would you how would you say you took her advice? No, I think I definitely heard it. You know, I think, but I, but I also think that, that for me, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that think this way. I think, I think what I will represent in your podcast series is sort of like, Hey, let's interview the average American I know. And, and I'll be sort of the baseline for the rest of the interviews that you have. But I think there are a lot of people, a lot of young Americans, probably a lot of young New Yorkers who are thinking that they're not really at risk for this. And that's probably fair. I think the mortality rate is incredibly low in developed nations among young, healthy people who have access to decent healthcare. But the, the, the issue that, that I sort of, so the thing that I want to be cognizant of is exposing high-risk populations to the virus. And so I think, I think in, this, in this instance, I, I just want to be careful that I do my best to try to limit exposing, you know, the elderly or the young to this sort of thing. And um, so I, I think I think so far I'm sort of living living my life in a way that will do that. But you know, I think going forward over the next over the next few weeks, I'm definitely going to try to limit limit how much time I spend on the subway. And you know, switching gears slightly, we've been talking primarily about your minute-to-minute, hour-by-hour decision-making vis-a-vis corona. And in the same instance, you are being forced to make some changes about your next coming week. Can you tell everybody what your plan was for next week before you start your new job and how those plans have changed within what the last 45 minutes last 45 minutes yeah it's been this that's that i feel like is the craziest part and why these why these interviews are so great if you're you know if you continue to do them like right now in this moment i hope you get a few more in this afternoon because i think especially in new york city the situation is evolving so quickly the velocity of change here in the policy situation is is massive so my plan for the next for the last or for the next week rather my plan for the next week was to meet up with my girlfriend, who I think I mentioned at the start of the pod, is on tour with a Broadway Broadway touring company. Mean Girls, the musical, when it opens back up, go see it. 
It's great. How many times have you seen it, Trevor? Loads. I literally stopped counting for, for the sake of my mental health. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it so many times, I find myself singing along. And, and, but, and is so many times, is that 10 times? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Is, is, that, is that 20 times, Trevor? No, no, probably not. Probably higher. Probably upwards of 30 times. So I would think Trevor has seen Mean Girls the musical upwards of 30 times. Upwards I, of 30 I think, times. I, I think that we should all applaud him for <laughs> a boyfriend of the year. Uh, contention. If there's a Tony Award oh, that, for that, that's my whole point, though. That's my you have Tony Award <laughs> for for a significant other. You really should be though. With how often significant others get thanked at the Tonys or any award show, there should be right. There should be sort of like you know husband, wife, partner of the year, whatever it is. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really making my case this year. I think so. I'm hoping Broadway reopens soon so I can I can get nominated for this season. But the my, Mean Girls the Musical, go see it on tour. I mean, Broadway would be fine, but go see it on tour. It's amazing. So anyway, I was going to go go meet up with my girlfriend who's on tour right now in New Orleans. That's their that's their next stop, and I love I love New Orleans. And so we were going to go hang out there for for a week, but her tour just got postponed. So fifty-five minutes ago, like yeah, exactly. Less less than an hour ago, just got postponed, and she immediately booked a flight back home. And so I'm going to probably go down to the Philadelphia area at some point where her family is, and and we'll have our our little for her. It'll be a tour postponement vacation, and for me, it will be a coronavirus slash starting a new job vacation. And as you mentioned, you live on the Upper West Side, so are you going to take a bus? down to 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 see your girlfriend or are you going to take a train how are you going to get there and you know not pick up corona along the way well i'm going to use the classic mode of single person transportation i'll ride my motorcycle so is your advice to everyone out there if you have to get from point a to point b to buy a ducati monster 2012 buy a ducati 696 cc's and i mean that that might be the single best way for... Motorcycles are very cheap. In, in the best way for Americans <laughs> to combat the, the ravages of, uh, of corona is for us all to start riding single... That's it. Single-use vehicles. Exactly. Single-use or single-person? Single-person. Single-person. Single definitely not single-use. S- single-use would be... That'd be wasteful. Right. Um, single-person vehicles. And that way, you have a helmet on anyway. You basically have a built-in sneeze guard. Oh, I like that. You have a helmet on. Put on your motorcycle helmet. You're not spreading corona. You're riding by yourself. You got a helmet on. You're probably wearing gloves for. for You're wearing gloves. Feeling. You're wearing gloves. Just just walk around. Just wear that helmet everywhere. And, and, and I wear mine. I wear mine all the time. Trevor, I'm wearing it right now. Trevor is very good about keeping his brain as protected as possible because <laughs> there's it, not much left. The, it is known as one of his top 15 best assets. Yeah. Um, and my last question for you. I'm surprised there are 15. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are more than 15 assets, but that's this is top 15. It's probably somewhere between 13 and 15. Um, <laughs> all that being said, you know, just from your perspective of somebody who worked on the sales side of finance, who's going into investing, um, is in, interested in a lot of other pursuits aside from finance and uh, Broadway musicals. Is there anything that you see as being a positive or opportunity, an opportunity from this pandemic, either six months down the line, a year from now, two years from now, how would you like us to look back and be like, Corona was awful, but. 
Well, I think we were talking about this. We were talking about this yesterday, right, over lunch, which is that I, I – well, actually, no, maybe we weren't – I was talking about this with Mary-Kate, my girlfriend. So on, on a call yesterday with Mary-Kate, we were, we were sort of talking about this, and, and uh, I think it's very easy to be alarmist about these sorts of things, and we'll see. Some of that alarm may be justified. I hope not. I hope that, I hope that we are overreacting. Right now, I, I, I genuinely hope that this is an overreaction because I think better to overreact than underreact in, in a lot of situations. So better to be ready and prepared for something much, much worse. And I hope that's kind of the situation that we're in right now is that we are we are overreacting and it ends up not being as bad as 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 a lot of people might prognosticate. But to your question about what comes from this, what is the legacy? What do we remember from this? I, I hope that as with any crisis, that lessons are learned. And man, Lord, this is the last thing I want to do on this podcast is bash Trump. I feel like it's going to happen all the time. But I think think generally, it's not necessarily like a Trump thing. It it could be more of sort of like an American thing, like an attitude toward government programs and, and preparation that's sort of centrally organized. And I think the United States so far has been woefully underprepared and late in its response to coronavirus at least as far as i can tell not being not being an expert on these things but i hope that the outcome from this is that is that there's there's a, a discovery of a middle ground where we can run a responsible efficient government as much as we we can while also still making allowances for programs that could protect us in, in the case of a, of a crisis like this, I think I think Hurricane Katrina was probably another good example of where the, the government programs were just wonder, woefully underprepared for that and underfunded and poorly organized. And so I hope that we, you know, I don't know, honestly, maybe that's not the best case study because I don't know how much was learned from that. But I think each crisis presents an opportunity to learn lessons and improve. And I really, really hope that that's the case with, with this one. I hope so too, my friend. Well, thank you not only for coming on and talking with me today, but um, if the sound quality of this uh, podcast is any better and going forward, a big thank you to my buddy Trevor for spending the last two days helping me to figure out the quite... Should we be telling people it took us two days to figure out how to podcast? (laughs) There is not an all-in-one recording opportunity especially over Skype or FaceTime and WhatsApp. It was, it was, I think our government is as woefully underprepared uh, to deal with this crisis as I was wonderfully or wondrously underprepared to figure out a podcast. So (laughs) there are some parallels there. Um, But if Trevor and I were able to overcome, then I think the American people are going to be... (laughs) able to overcome. And on, on, on that positive note, uh, stay safe out there. Uh, don't get coughed on and don't cough on anybody else. Wash your hands. Wash your hands for 20 seconds. Sing yourself a song. Yeah. Rec- recite a Tony acceptance speech. <laughs> <laughs> and, and on that note, thank you very much. Stay safe out there. Thank you.